This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. I'm going to be talking tonight how you can be led by the Spirit of God, how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and know what He wants you to do. How many, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about you know, back back when I was younger, growing up and things like that, there was a song that good old Elvis liked, and Frank Sinatra's his theme song. And, there, and that song that made those men famous was, I did it my way. Well, you know what? Neither one of those guys ended up too great. <laughs> Has anybody here beside me ever found out I did it my way, but your way didn't work? Dad, you know, I'm thinking about the book of Proverbs. A couple different verses say, there's a way... That seems right to a man. But then there are the ways of death. And so I know that for myself, open up to Romans 8.14, by the way. I know that for myself, I've, I've lived for Jesus 41 and a half years. Hard to believe I'm 41 and a half years old already. But man, I'll tell you what, it's been a fast 41 and a half years. But anyway, out of 41 and a half years as a born-again Christian... I've learned some things. And, and the last few days, I've thought a lot about a, a really good verse I like. And we're not looking at this, but I've just thought about it for my life. In Psalms 37, 25, King David said this. He said, I've been young and now I'm old. And then he said, I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. But I've thought about me. In the natural realm, I'll be 70 years old in a month. And uh, I know I don't look nearly that old, but that's because my youth is renewed like the eagles. But anyway, I've thought about that. I've thought about my phases of life and ministry because our life lives in cycles. We go through things. You know, I didn't always have this wise gray hair. You know, it didn't used to be this. It was real pretty blonde like my little grand, my grandsons years ago, my little granddaughters. I started off as a blonde. And then my hair over the years, it changed to kind of a brown color. Now I got this wise gray. But, you know, that's just like in the spiritual realm, we change. We start off as babes in the Lord. And the sad thing is, some people stay babes in the Lord. They, they never develop beyond the babyhood stage because they don't learn the value of the Word of God in the decision-making processes. They don't learn how to be led by the Spirit of God to be able to do the right things at the right time, be at the right place, etc., etc. And then some people grow and develop. And so I know out of 41 and a half years... I've learned some things. I've been young. Now I'm older. And I know the Bible talks about the elders in the Lord that we're supposed to teach the younger. It's supposed to help you things. So I want to look at some things in the Word of God tonight. And uh, hopefully, if you grab a hold of something I say that ministers to you, it'll save you from some of the pitfalls I've had. You know, I, I, I know that, uh, oh, probably 25 years ago, one of the men that influenced me ministry a lot named Gerald Brooks, a pastor out of uh, Plano, Texas. He, he trained me a lot in a lot of things. And did anybody ever read the book of Genesis with Jacob wrestled with the angel? And then it says his hip bone got messed up and said he always walked with a limp. But he never made the same dumb mistakes again. He always remembered. And Gerald Brooks made this statement. At that time, I was going through some really serious ministry things in my church back in Indiana. And he said, you show me a great leader. And I'll show you a man that walks with a limp. 
And so because of some of the times I've been knocked down and missed, and missed the mark and got hurt in life, I've learned not to do that again. I've learned that doesn't work. Don't do it that way. It might seem right. And there might be some people that say, hey, this is the way to do it. But you know what I've learned? A lot of people that tell me the way to do it that's not really in line with the way God wants to do it, they don't have a lot of great success. Amen. And so I like to listen to winners. You know, I like to look at pastors and pastors that are able to grow a church and grow people and influence a city and influence people. And praise God for little churches that have a couple dozen people in that worship God, that they have great love and great things like that. Praise God for that. Not at all knock anything like that at all. But I wanted to get beyond that and be able to have greater influence. And so I don't look at people to tell me, you can't do that, you can't do that. I look at people to tell me, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And you can do this in Jesus' name, you can do that in Jesus' name. And I like to imitate them because that's what Paul said, said be imitators of those whose faith works. And so anyway, I want, I want to just share some things in the Word of God tonight that I think will help you if you really seriously listen. You know, I, uh, I, th- I think about our church. A lot of people don't know what we have here, but we're a teaching center. And not just a teaching center, but we're a doing center. We do what we teach here. We live what we teach here, and we get results. And, you know, I think about, you know, what Pastor Dave was talking about this morning. You know, by the way, uh, you know, when he talked about train up a child the way he should go this morning from Proverbs 22, 6, he mentioned that verse one time. Well, if you notice, the leadership of this church, uh, the main leadership is my sons and my daughter-in-laws that I trained. And they're doing pretty good. And then I have a lot of spiritual sons and daughters in this church. Have a lot of spiritual grandchildren in this church now. They're doing an excellent job. And so that tells me that the word works if you work the word. That tells me that if you're a person that's serious and you take notes, and then you don't just take notes because it's your habit, but you take notes because you review them when you get home and you look at them. And I've got notes right now that I'm carrying in my Bible on pages I wrote down in, down in Vista, California. Back in, what was that, March was there, Dr. Barclay's Holy Spirit Conference. We were down there, and he's my pastor, he's my spiritual leader that I, that I submit to. I took notes down there, and while Mrs. Pastor, I'm in Indiana a few weeks ago, I pulled my notes out again for the things we were looking at. I said, listen, Dr. Park Barclay taught this down there for the Word of God, and I wrote it down, how it came across to me, and look at this, this is God talking to us. Amen. We need, we need, we need to be more than church attenders. We need to be, I was thinking a while ago about, I went back to Bible school in 1981, 82, and every day the president of that Bible school, he would get up and say, welcome fellow students of the word. And that's what a disciple is. Disciples follow Jesus, they called him teacher. Well, if he was teacher, it means they were students. And so every day this man get up and say, welcome fellow students of the word. How many are ready to learn today? And I wanted to learn. I'm a student of the word and I'm still a disciple. I'm still a student of the word. So anyway, look at Romans 8, 14. And if you're listening, Jesus did say, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. If you're listening with your spirit, man, 
And we're going to talk about your spirit man tonight. Then you'll get something. <clears throat> he said, right here, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. Led by the Spirit of God. And let me tell you what that doesn't say. I've seen so many shipwrecked lives. And Paul talked to Timothy, Pastor Timothy. He talked about people's lives go shipwrecked because they get an error. It does not say, for as many as are led by prophecies and confirmation. I'll tell you what, the biggest, goofiest, messed up people I've ever seen in my life, they got to have a prophecy to know they're going to be healed. They gotta have a prophecy to know who they're supposed to marry. They gotta have a prophecy to know that God's with them. The Word of God is the number one confirmation you need to know that God healed you. The Word of God is the number one confirmation you need to know that God's gonna take care of that financial need. The Word of God is the number one confirmation you need to know that God's gonna take care of your family, gonna take care of your kids. The Word of God he said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Okay, who inspired these men to write the Bible? The Spirit. The Spirit is never going to contradict the Word. The Spirit and the Word always agree. The Spirit and the Word always agree. That's so I'll say this. If you're not a Bible man or a Bible woman, you'll never successfully be led by the Spirit of God. You'll live a hit and miss life. Sometimes things will work right, and sometimes they won't. You'll try to figure out why. The devil will knock you in the middle of next week, and you'll wake up and say, what happened? You'll try to figure it out with your head. Well, that's because you haven't been a student of the Word And when different spirits talked to you, you didn't know the Holy Spirit in your heart, what was going on, because your mind wasn't right with God from the Bible. Amen? Amen. I want to say this again. I was telling Mrs. Pastor today, there's a person we saw years ago, and I tried to teach this man about healing, and this man would stay sick and sick and sick and sick, and finally this goofy guy would say, an angel appeared to me finally, and told me God was going to heal me. I thought, man, oh man, oh man, that man's been nothing but a basket case and the people he's tried to influence for years never go anywhere in life because they're so goofy. They don't know Bible things. You don't have to be led by an angel. Praise God if angels ever appear. Out of 41 and a half years, I've had one time, one angel, that wasn't just something I, I just sensed an angel. One time I had an angel appear to me and that was 41 years ago. I was a baby Christian. I saw a real bona fide angel, not just in the spirit, but discerning the spirits, it was there. And let me tell you, when you see a real angel, it sticks with you forever and ever. This angel was not a little little goofy thing on the back of the bicycle playing cards. This angel was way, 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 really big, probably eight foot tall. Really, 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 really big. One time, he didn't tell me anything to do. Or leave it anything. I just saw what's in the spirit realm. One time like that, that was very real. I'm not led by angels. But over the course of the years, I've known the times that my angel saved my behind. And different things happened. 
I used to drive 18-wheelers, and I know the time. So when I was in 18-wheelers, when serious stuff would happen, and all of a sudden, my truck was where it was supposed to be. I didn't hurt anybody, any cars or anything. I was back on the road again. And there was no way in the natural those things could have happened, except that angel was with me. So those things are real. But he didn't say for his ministers are led by angels. He didn't say for ministers are led by circumstances. And, you know, I'm just going to throw out something. i got some scriptures I want to look at. But let me tell you a wrong prayer to pray. Now, some of you are going to make some faces. You're going to feel ugly. You're going to feel embarrassed. But if we're going to look at the Word of God and see these things, He does not say, for as many as are led by open doors. The devil can cause things to open and close in this natural world. He said, for men are led by the Spirit of God. I know there's been times that I've prayed for God's wisdom about what to do, and all of a sudden, i got three or four choices. They're all open doors. But you've got to know in your heart, led by the Spirit of God, Lord, which way do I go? And let me tell you something. It'll help you walk with less of a limp. If you listen with your spirit, we're going to talk about how to do that. If you listen with your spirit and tell your head to go neutral because you're going to be led by the Spirit of God because you're a son of God. You're going to be led by the Spirit of God. And that'll help you make those right choices because when it comes to jobs, I know I've missed it on jobs before when I was out there and then I've hit the mark on jobs. And if you are being led or whatever job has the best benefits and pays the most money right now, you may miss it. One of the greatest successful jobs I ever had paid half the price of the other jobs. But the other jobs, all within a year or two, went under. And it's a whole lot better making $8 an hour back then than having a job than making $16 an hour for a company that was out of business. Amen. And so the choices you make in life when you follow after Jesus has been led by the Spirit of God, i said this before, and I'm not the one that originally said it, but I like it. God knows your future more than you know your past. God knows what's down the road. That's why he says, for men are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll talk some more about how to be led by the Spirit of God. How many know that Mrs. Pastor and I, in talking about these phases of life, we're in our latter phase. You know, we're not, we're, we're not the spring chickens anymore. We've been around for a few years. We've done a few things. And I know, I know that for the time we have left, it's going to be several years. We've got a bunch of life left. But this phase we're in, we're in a phase against him. What's next? And it's in our hearts, it's in our hearts to go to denominational churches. You know, we're a word of faith church, and I praise God for the word that we teach, but there's so many hungry Christians in churches that don't know what we know about a lot of things. They don't know about the Holy Ghost. They don't know about the gifts of the Spirit. They don't know about prosperity and tithing. don't know about healing. They love Jesus, but they haven't been taught. There's pastors right now in the times we live here. They're crying out to God for help. Send me somebody to help me grow so I can help my people. Well, Mrs. Pastor and I, I feel like we're in a holding pattern right now, looking for that next step 
to get out there where God wants us to go, to go into churches that love Jesus. I'm not an evangelist. <laughs> Evangelists have an anointing to win the lost. I lead lots of people to the Lord, but I'm not an evangelist. I'm a Bible teacher. I'm a pastor. And as a Bible teacher, I want to go to people that are already saved, but don't know much. I want to teach them. An evangelist wants to go out to the lost and get them born again, which I'd love to do if I had that calling, but I don't. And so this verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, has been coming to me every day for quite a while now. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your head. Lean to your own understanding. No, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Your heart here is talking about your spirit, not that organ that pumps blood through your body. Talk about your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your spirit, and lean not to your own understanding, your own intellect, your own knowledge, your own thing. I'm trying to figure things out. It says, trust in all your heart, and in all thy ways acknowledge him. In all thy ways Acknowledge Him. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. It's not this. Robert, what do you think we ought to do? Where do you think we ought to go? Uh, Melinda, who's a good advertiser? We need to advertise figure out where to go. Uh, Doug, do you know any churches that need somebody to come in and teach you the Bible? Leanne, you know a lot of people. You know some place I can go? Where can I go? That's how most Christians try to figure it out. That's why they fail. Leanne knows things that she thinks ought to do. Rosalinda knows things ought to do. Everybody in here can tell me what they think ought to do. But God said, in all your ways acknowledge Him. Amen. I'll tell you what, Maxine's a pretty good lady. But I don't want Maxine directing my life. God said, I'll direct your paths. You know, we have a lot of great Christians in this church here have a lot of experience with God, have a lot of wisdom of God, but only God knows where Mrs. Pastor and I are supposed to go next, who we're supposed to help. And just in case nothing get turned burgered up here, what I'm saying, we are always the head people over this church. Amen. Amen. Pastor Dave and people, the church leader, they, they submit to us and we lead it, but we're not the everyday fine-tuning it. So when I say, go out to other churches... I'm not saying, well, someday, guys, we're going to be leaving. We're not planning on that at all. When I leave this church, it's either going to be one of two ways. Either rapture's going to come, and we'll all fly together. I'll live to a ripe old age. I'll give up the ghost. And then you can look at that picture in the hallway out there and say, that's the man who used to be the pastor here. (laughs) Amen. And so I just want to make sure you understand that pastor did not say he and Mrs. Pastor are leaving. We said our calling has shifted now to where we're doing something different. But the thing is, what I'm telling you, God, through Jesus, is the one that gifted and called us what to do in life. So only God, through Jesus, could tell us where to go and what to do. And so I'm telling you about this verse right here. You don't need to go on Facebook and ask people what you should do. You notice the verse did not say... For as many as are led by social media. How many likes can I get? If I, if I get a thousand likes, I'm going to take this job. 
Happy trails to you. And so he says, in all thy ways, acknowledge who? Him. Who is him? That's God. That's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. And said, he shall direct your paths. Now remember Romans 8 verse 14. It doesn't say that he directs your paths by open doors and closed doors. It says, are led by the Spirit of God. He direct your paths by the Spirit of God. And so this is one of the very first passages that Jesus taught me in early 1980. Way back in the springtime of 1980 when I was a brand new baby Christian, Jesus gave me this verse. I remember just day and night, day and night. It's about like it is right now, this phase we're in. Every day, every day, every day. When I get up, all I think about is Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. So when I get up, I open my Bible, and I do what I did 41 plus years ago. I look at Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. I say, I want to thank you, Lord. I'm trusting you. I'm looking at you. Thank you for directing my paths. I thank you, Lord, that I'm going to know on the inside where to go, when to go, what to do, and how to do it. And so this has served me well for 41 years. And so to successfully follow the plan of God for your life, you must train yourself. Now listen to this. This may be foreign language to you. I'm going to look at some scriptures. You must train yourself to live out of your spirit, not out of your soul. You must train yourself to live out of your spirit, not out of your soul. And notice again, this says, trust the Lord from your heart instead of your human reasoning. You know, uh, a thing that I was taught years ago by another great man of God is this. You can either pray it out and then walk it out. You can try to walk it out and then you're going to have a fallout. <laughs> Amen. You just try to walk it out in the flesh and you're going to fall. So reasoning is okay in many things. But when, now listen to this, I'm going to make a statement. <clears throat> when head knowledge contradicts Bible knowledge, You've got to discipline yourself to go with the Word. There's nothing wrong with head knowledge. But when head knowledge contradicts what the Bible says, you've got to tell your head to shut up. Amen. Well, you know, I'll just give you an example. You know, we're really big on divine healing here. I know that a couple, couple just things I think of when Pastor Dave was... Uh, three and a half years old, crippled, had that leukemia. Eighty percent of them die, twenty live. So all I said was, well, I'm not looking at the eighty, I'm looking at the twenty. They didn't give us a whole lot of hope. I said, well, if ninety-nine die and one lives, he's the one. Why is that? Because by Jesus' stripes he was healed. Call for the elders of the church, don't even follow the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will. Prayer of faith will. Heal the sick. When I got diagnosed uh, four years ago, was it 2018? Actually, I had the disease in 2017, diagnosed first part of 2018. Lady said, your blood is 70% cancer. She said, the reason you have such a hard time functioning, said there's very little blood reaching your brain. 
She called it Guba Globet, Homo Globet, or something, Globet or Gobbet or something. And whatever the Gobbet was, she said, your Gobbet's thick. I don't know what it was. Katie might be able to know, but Katie's not here right now. But Katie knew, she understood those Guba Globins. I never understood it. I never, because I, I wasn't studying the Globins, I was studying the Word, okay? So I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't caught up and learn. Matter of fact, I studied zero about leukemia. I studied zero about blood cancer. That was the problem I wanted the answer. So when the lady told me that I had 70% of my gobbins, globins, and whatever they were, whatever my guba globins were, said 70% blood cancer. And so what I began to do, I laid, I laid off the head thinking part. I focused on himself, took my infirmities, and bare my sicknesses. Called for the elders of the church. They had me before the name of the Lord, prayed the prayer of faith. I focused on that. And so my understanding, if I got my understanding, I would have went on the Googles and whatever all the goofy stuff is, which I don't do. I would went on there. I said, let's see. 70% blood cancer, chance of survival, or whatever it is. That would be understanding. I trusted with all my spirit, and I had the word of God in my spirit, and my spirit said the prayer of faith has been, been prayed, has been laid on me. I'm recovering. I'm getting better every day. And so my heart, with the Word of God, said get better every day. But I'll tell you what, with the blood cancer, the chemotherapy, it wasn't happy times at all. When my legs wanted to quit working, and I had to come into the church, basically brain dead, couldn't hardly function, I had ushers walking behind me in case I went down so they could pick me up. If I leaned to my own understanding, that picture out there would be what you had to remember me by. Amen. And so, listen, this is what I'm telling you. I trained myself through good spiritual leadership and teaching and training and the Word of God years and years ago to live out of my spirit, not my head. Amen. Amen. And so, anyway, uh, I, I want you to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And I was thinking, as we were worshiping, and by, by the way, I, I have the Word of God to such a, such a degree, I wasn't sure what I was going to preach, and this lesson I wrote out, I wrote out about 5.15 this afternoon, right before church. And that's because I'm a student of the Word, I'm a seasoned minister of the Word, and the things I'm teaching isn't out of somebody's book, it's out of my heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. That's Psalm 119, verse 11. I have the word of my heart, and I had a lot of things, since I don't get to teach that much in here right now, I had a lot of things I could have taught, and I just did a bunch of praying in tongues the last couple of days about, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I consider tonight, I've taken questions to give you answers just out of my heart about the Bible, but then... As I began to close to the service, I thought, well, Lord, what do they need? I thought Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 has been on my heart for weeks and weeks and weeks about my life. So I'm going to teach from that direction to help you. Because some of you may be seeking direction in life right now. You may be wanting to see what to do. And so First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, verse 23. And as we were worshiping, I'll finish that thought. I was thinking, in our church... We're like the one, one room school, schoolhouse that some people in our church have experienced. 
Do you know we have people in this church been around long enough they went to a one-room schoolhouse? In the front row right here. This this gracious lady in the front row, it's hard to believe she's that young to have went to a one-room schoolhouse. But she lived in the wilderness of Maine and went to a one-room schoolhouse. Had all the grades of one, one little room, one building out there in Maine. And so they had kindergartners, first graders, all the way up to eighth grade in one room. That teacher had to teach all those different levels of things. That's what a pastor's like in a congregation. Things I'm teaching tonight, some of you may have never heard before. It's the absolute first time. You think, wow, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Some of you have heard this for years, walked in it yourselves, and you can teach what I'm teaching probably. Because you're that seasoned and you've been trained that well. And then some of you are somewhere in between. So I realize when I'm teaching things like this, that for some of you, this is just uh, going over again things you know, which you need to hear it again anyway. And then some of you, it's the first time. And so, as you know, that this is good training for you as congregation members. Sometimes when a man of God or woman of God gets up to teach in a church that has a lot of people in it, you might oh, going to hear that again? Well, there's somebody out here that's just getting started. They've never heard it before. And they need to hear it. I told Mrs. Pastor, I was listening to somebody preaching this week. and I, I, I can't remember who it was. One of, one of the people I really like to listen to. And they made this statement. I've taught the 23 Psalm, the man said. I've taught the 23rd Psalm myself over a thousand times. And I just heard somebody teach it. And I saw some things I've never seen before. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is multifaceted? And he'll show you things if you're hungry you've never seen before, if you'll listen. And so First Thessalonians 5, verse 23, some people may have never heard this. But it says that the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And if you listen on the internet or something, that holy is not H-O-L-Y, it's W-H-O-L-L-Y. That means completely holy, your whole being. And I pray God, now look at this, your whole spirit and soul and body. Spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And for you to have a better understanding of spiritual things, you've got to know you're a three-part being. You're a triune being. You consist of three different three different parts of your life, of your existence. You're a spirit being, you possess a soul, and you live in a physical body. If you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, you've got to be able to know the difference between your soul and your body and your spirit. You've got to train your spirit to dominate your soul. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. All your physical body is, is your earth suit. You know, I always get a picture of astronauts. When astronauts go into outer space, they're going into a place that's foreign to their physical body. They have to put on a space suit. With the space suit, they can breathe. With the space suit, they're, they're, they're protected from all the things that outer space doesn't have that's out here on Earth. And so if an astronaut's in outer space and the space suit comes off, they die. We are spirit beings. We are eternal spirit beings. 
when our physical body falls over and dies, then we come out of that earth suit. If we're born again, we go up. If we're not born again, we go down. We don't cease to exist. We're eternal. We need our earth suit to live, but our earth suit is not us. Right now, you're not seeing the real me. I'm not seeing the real you. All I'm seeing is your earth suit. If any one of us were to die, and we had a casket laid up here, I know we walk up there and say, oh, doesn't he look so natural? Well, all you're seeing is the earth suit. You're not seeing him anymore. He's already gone. He vacated the premises. You know, what is it that Dylan says all the time? Elvis is not in the house. <laughs> That's true. When Elvis left, his body's still there, but Elvis left. And so you're never truly going to know how to be led by the Spirit of God until you recognize that your feelings are not you. When you got born again, your spirit became a new creature in Christ. Your head was still the same. Your hair was still the same. Your outward man was still the same. Your inward man's brand new. That's why to me, when I say I'm 41 and a half years old, I'm not just saying something to be funny. That is more real to me than my physical birthday. Because my life, my life was nothing until I was 28 and a half years old and I was born again. My life began on January 29th, 1980. <clears throat> That's when I was born again. And so if you're going to be led by the Spirit of God, you've got to get this. And so your spirit being, you've got to understand this. You, the real you, the spirit being, you possess a soul and you live in a physical body. Now, so the attributes, the way this works is this. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit. <coughs> your conscience is the voice of your spirit. And with your spirit, you communicate with God. The Holy Spirit is in your spirit. God reveals things to you through your spirit. Your soul, your mind is part of your soul. With your mind, that's your intellect. That's your reasoning. You contact the mental realm, the learning realm. I think about Rosalinda. Congratulations, Rosalinda, for all of her higher learning now. So you're a master now, right? She's a master now. But, amen. And, that, and that's a big thing. But, but the sad thing is, a lot of people educate their minds at the expense of the spirit. And I'm not talking about Rosalind. I'm talking about a lot of, some of the hardest people in the world to help understand spiritual things is super educated people. Cause their minds, their soul, your mind's part of your soulical arena. Your soul, your soul will try to control your spirit if you're really an intelligent person. And you have to watch that. You have to, you have to trade yourself for your spirit to be able to be the dominant one. How you're spilled somebody. And so, with your mind, with your reasoning, you operate the mental arena. And then your physical body, with your physical body, your five physical senses, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you touch, what you feel, those kind of things, your hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, 
Those you contract the physical world with. You contact the physical world with. And so you can't be led by what you feel. And now, we've got to know this. God's the one that gave us all those three arenas. God's the one that put us in these three realms. But God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so we've got to learn the proper place for our head learning. We've got to learn the proper place for our feelings. You know, when I was feeling bad in my physical body, it got the place I knew I got to get to the doctor. I didn't ignore him. I said, oh, no, I'm a spirit being. I'm a spirit being. Oh, I'm not going to be led by my, by my feelings. Well, if I'm driving my car down the road and the light comes on, it says my car's getting hot, check engine. Oh, no, I'm not going to go by that. I'm not going to check my engine. Well, uh, dude, get ready to buy a new one then. Time to check it. If your body starts talking to you, you have to listen to it. But then at the same time, you got to let your spirit man begin to get in control. Get the help you need from the doctors, the mess, and all you got to do is you let your spirit man rise up. With the Word of God, take authority over things. Can you see what I'm saying? And so we don't ignore, we don't, don't ignore those, read, those, those different arenas. You know, again, in the reasoning arena, concerning the mind, when you're educated about things, what to do, I want to say it again, use what you know to do unless it contradicts what the Word of God says to do. And you know, a good example of that would be money. You know, one of, one of the worst things that a carnal pastor can do, I want to say it again, one of the worst things a carnal pastor can do, if you've got a person comes to you in dire financial straits, is tell them, don't give any money to the church. The best thing a pastor can do is tell somebody, study Malachi chapter 3, start to learn the principles of God. God's principles say, bring 10% into God's storehouse, not to the man of God, not to some organization, but God says, give him 10%. And God said, I'll open the windows of heaven on your life, get you out of this bankruptcy. He says, I'll open the windows of heaven, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So everything you got's breaking down, nothing's working, word for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all, then a man of God's going to say, God's word says this, and your head's going to say, save it, save it, save it, save it. But then your spirit, because your mind's through the word of God, is going to say, I've got to tithe, I've got to tithe, I've got to do what God says. And so that's when your soul comes in there, the reasoning. Well, if I do this, if I, if I give God 10%, I don't have enough to pay this bill. But then your spirit, your conscience says from the word of God, if I give God his 10%, God will make sure I pay the bill. He'll be taken care of. You see what I'm saying? I talk about how, how to have your spirit dominate your soul and override that human reasoning. How many here, by the way, I'm not teaching on tithing, but how many here as tithers have ever seen God come through again and again and again and again because you obeyed Him in your heart rather than figure it out for your head? Has anybody, don't raise your hand, I've never done this, but has anybody ever thought, well, I'm going to spend God's time to do this and all of a sudden things start falling apart again. The whoa, i got to get back to where I belong. And this is called living out of your spirit. But you do what God wants you to do. Well, you know, another arena, and that's the love arena. How many 
have ever known that you had a, a justification to really, really, really be upset with somebody, maybe even hate them, because what they did to your family, what they did to your life, what you see them do to somebody you love, somebody you love, and you get into that love arena, and you begin to walk in the love of God and treat people like God would treat them, whether they deserved it or not, and you see the whole thing turn around. But that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I just, it's beyond my human comprehension how this thing could turn around like that, but that's because you lived out of your spirit where the love of God is, not out of your head. Amen? Is, is this helping anybody? See, this is how this thing works. You're a spirit being, you possess a soul, and you live in a physical body, and so there's a major difference between your soul and your spirit. God lives in your spirit, not in your head. God lives in your spirit, not in your body, other than the fact that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, and because the Holy Spirit's in your spirit, you're in there, but when you die and your body lays down, your spirit and your soul is going to come out of there. And so, if you're going to succeed in life being led by the Spirit of God, you cannot have your flesh tell you what to do. And we know we need to use all that God's given us, and so you do have a soul. You just have to be able to control it. You have a physical body, you got to know how to treat it right. Now look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And we're talking about how to be led by the Spirit of God. Talk about how to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His leadings. And you know, I'm thinking about the times we live in. And I praise God for Pastor Dave and Katie leading the church last year. I know that if I was still the one that made the day-to-day decisions, I would have had what it took to lead the church last year. I didn't have the grace for that anymore. I watched Pastor Dave and, and, and Katie lead and make the decisions about the things we did last year. And I'll tell you what, things they did I wouldn't have done because I didn't have the leading for it. They were led by God to keep services going. I for sure would not have been online for the whole world to see every service. I wouldn't have done that. But you know what? That's because I did not have the grace on me to make those decisions. I had the grace on me to oversee the whole work and oversee them. Because my reasoning said, no, 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 don't let them know, don't let them know. You know what that was called? Leaning to my own understanding. I didn't lead my understanding. I trust the Spirit of God in me that God told me years ago, begin shifting this to them, take over the leadership of the church. And so I trusted that because I've taught my kids how to be led by the Spirit of God, I've taught my kids how to be sensitive to what he was saying in their hearts to do. And so then for me, my level of faith was this. I'm trusting God that what he's put in them is working. And it worked. And you know, this is something maybe some of you parents have got to get a hold of. Especially as kids are becoming teenagers and things like that. As you're training these kids, let them make some decisions. If you're trusting God and His Word that you've helped put into these kids for all these years, maybe you need to take some of the ropes off and give them a little freedom. None of this is pre-planned. It's the Holy Spirit wanting to help some of you. And here's the way, here's the way that I've always trained my leadership in the church. 
I trained them what to do, but I'm not a micromanager. And so when it comes to me training the leadership, I've always trained them what to do, and then I've given them the leeway to do things, and the only time I've ever stepped in is if I saw this going to cause a major hurt in the church that I've stopped, but stopped what was going on. But as long as I've seen people leading and saw something, well, this may not turn out really good, but if it doesn't, it's not really going to hurt anybody. It's just that they're going to learn it. It's going to be a learning experience. And so I think for our children, that's some things we need to know. If you see your children make some, making some choices, that's not going to be a life-threatening choice or a life-ending thing or things like that there. And all that's going to happen is going to get, get, get what do they call that? What's, what's the modern kids call this? A boo-boo. If all they're going to get is a little personal boo-boo, then you're going to think, glory to God, they're going to learn through this, so I'm just going to keep my hands off of them. But if something's going to be serious, then you've got to step in. Amen? And so, and so anyway, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, now look at this, that you present your body. Your body is not you. Your body is the suit you live in. It says, you present your bodies... A living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Or, another passage says, your spiritual service. In other words, what God said right here, you tell your body what to do, don't let your body tell you what to do. Amen. Do you know your body, if you don't tell it what to do, will eat all at once, even if it's killing you? You're the one. You're the one that's got to tell your body, no, we are getting off those sugars and sweets, if that's what you need to do. Amen. You need to tell your body, no, we're not going to eat tacos and burritos all day long for every meal. I've seen what it does. We're not going to do that. you got to tell your body, it's time to back off. It's time to do different. Why is that? Because you need your body to travel through this earth. And... uh Oh, don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble. Uh, if you abuse your body, you won't be able to finish your race. If you feed your body wrong, if your body gets no exercise, if your body eats all at once, sleeps all at once, does whatever it wants to do, come a point in time, it's like beating a dead horse. You know what that expression means, to beat a dead horse? Horse is dead and you're whipping on it. You're not going to go anywhere because the horse is dead. Go come to a point in time that God's going to want you to do something and you say, I can't do it. Why can't I do that? Because I'm too fat. Because I'm too sluggish. I can't, I, I, well, I, I can never go and do that. I can't go on that missions trip. Why can't I go on that missions trip? Well, my body won't let me. He said, you, the real you, the spirit man, you present your body. Tell your body what to do. I know that years ago, when I was really, really, really heavy, way back in the end, I was a whole really, really heavy. I knew it was time to get together. And so I got a plan, and I followed the plan. I lost 50 pounds in a very short time. I got down to where I wanted to be, and I know I had three or four people in the church said, What's your plan? What's your plan? And I told them, I said, my plan was God has given me the spirit of discipline and self-control. It's the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5.22 says it's temperance. 
I said, I'm a temperate person. I discipline my body. I discipline my diet. I said, what's your diet? I said, it doesn't make sense what my diet is. You get any diet you like, and if you follow it, you'll lose weight. I've seen people, and I, I've seen people want to know, what's the diet? What's the diet? I've seen people try dozens of diets. And every time it's the same results. They try to follow the diet because somebody else did it and did it right, and they quit after a few months. And then what do they do? They see somebody else that had a good diet that they followed, and they start losing weight, then they quit. And so there has to come a point in time you present your body. You say, body, here's what you're going to do. Somebody said, you mean you talk to your body? Yes, I talk to my body. I'm a spirit being, and I make my body do what it should, not what it wants to. Amen. We're talking about being led by the Spirit of God. And so then he says, and be not conformed to this world, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you see right here again, we're talking about spirit, soul, and body. You, the real you, tell your body what to do, and then you transform your mind, renew your mind to the Word of God so that you can prove for yourself. Was that good, acceptable, perfect will of God? And so concerning spiritual things, concerning spiritual things, too many people have educated their minds at the expense of their spirit. I want to say it again. Too many people concerning spiritual things. I'm not talking about education, to be smarter in life, to be able to succeed in life, get ahead in life. But you've got to, got to, got to train your mind with the Word of God to be able to function successfully in the kingdom of God. That is, if you want to enjoy God's best, if you want to enjoy God's best, you've got to reprogram your mind to think in line with the Word of God. Because if you don't, the Spirit of God tries to lead you and your mind's not renewed, then you're not going to pick up on it. You're not going to recognize the different voices. Remember, Paul says there's many voices in the world. And so you're not going to pick up on the leading. And I'm, I'm going to go back to Romans chapter 8, and I'll close here for the sake of our time. Romans 8, verse 14 again. I'm going to look at verse 14. I'm going to skip verse 15 and get to verse 16, because you need to see both these verses. And I want to show you the difference in these two verses right here. Verse 14, for men as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, the sons of God means a mature one in the Greek. It says they're mature. They're mature believers. But then verse 16 says, <clears throat> the Spirit itself, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That we are the children of God. You notice verse 14 said sons are led by the Spirit. Children have the witness of the Spirit. And so the difference of that is this. Any born-again Christian, the very second they receive eternal life, they know in their heart that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know. I'm a child of God. I know I'm born again. I know I have eternal life. I know, I know that I know. You can't talk about it. They know because why? They have the witness in their spirit. It's their knower. It's the I know that I know that I know that I know. Well, how do you know you're saved? 
Well, I really can't explain it to you. I just know that I know that I know that I know. Well, can I talk you out of it? No, I know that I know that I know that I know. Well, you got that witness. The Spirit bears witness to the Spirit. But then, verse 14 says that sons of God, mature ones, are led by the Spirit of God. They're led by the Spirit of God. And what that means is this. The same way that you have the witness in your spirit that you're born again is the same way God leads you. You have the witness. And you, when your mind's trained, when your mind's trained, know what the Word of God is. The more your mind's trained, the easier it is to pick up on the witness. When you're making choices in life and decisions in life, somebody says, well, how do you know that's your job? I know that I know that I know that I know. How do you know? I know that I know that I know that I know. I've been trained in the things of God. I've trained my spirit to know that witness. And the witness tells me this is the one I take. Financial decisions, the same way. I know that I know that I know that I know. This is the house we're supposed to buy. How do you know that? Because I'm a son of God. I've matured in the things of the Spirit. I've got the witness in my spirit. And then sometimes it's it looks good. But I know that I know I can't do that. I know that I know. There's no written word of God says, don't buy this house. Don't buy this property. There's no written word of God says, don't take this job. But as you allow yourself to live out of your spirit, your spirit begin to dominate your life. Then you're going to know that I know that I know that I know. As bad as this place looks where I'm at, I've got to stay with this job. I've got to stay on it. I've got to stay here. But why are you going to stay there? What kind of fool are you? I trust in the Lord for all my spirit, lead not to my own understanding. And I know that I know that I know that I know that if I leave, I'm going to be in trouble. I've got to stay. Amen. And so that's how you can train yourself to be sensitive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Renew your mind. Recognize that you're a spirit being. God lives in your heart, not in your head. You train your head with the Word of God, and then God begins to lead you by your spirit, then you recognize this leading is live with the Word of God, and it's it's my spirit, this is what I'm going to do. And that's when you begin to change from being a child of God to a son of God. A more mature one. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Dave. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.